are you? I'm scared. Why? Is the Diojo next? Uh, why, why do I got these drumsticks, you might ask, from the experience? My good friend, Gordy Powell. There's a lot of cowboys in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and sent them to me in a treasure trove of gifts, including Opportunity Rocks, signed by Marvelous Mark. John, you rock, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and something that I know is gonna make a lot of you jealous. <laughs> but a signed issue of CNR Magazine, from Michelle Blevins, notice this, copy one of 3,500. Are you gonna take us over next in your hostile reign of terror? <laughs> hostile reign of terror, I love it. Great story. Compelling and rich. So, Boom. So Gordy scored this for me at the experience in Las Vegas. Uh, many of our friends were there and reported great things. But um, of particular excitement to me, CNR Magazine, Legacy Publication, back in print, Michelle Blevins, the talented Michelle Blevins at the helm. Michelle, we need to talk. <laughs> Why? I'm scared. I love it. So, so. Um, I was talking to my good friend, Pete Consigli, a little bit about the history of CNR Magazine. Do you recall when, when it was the voice uh, was that just like an email or a fax or or was it a magazine or just a little news? No, it was the actual magazine. It was the name of the magazine. Okay. No, that was that was from the sixties on. It was a regular print magazine, and then they didn't. Re all they did is rebranded the cleaning and restoration, and they you know they updated the graphics and a little bit more current in the nineties than the two thousands. But it, it's a, it was a long running magazine. And he noted that back in the day. When it was first came out, it was called The Voice. And someone that most restorers should be familiar with, a name you should be familiar with, is Martin Marty L. King, one of the founding fathers of restoration, um, as outlined by Pete in his penultimate article. But back in the 80s, uh, Marty had a column, or I think this was an article, Hoof and Mouth Disease in his column called Restoration Reports. And he talked about um, a few of the guidelines that would help uh, if you could be a fly on the wall and hear what your restorers are saying when they're in customers' houses, and then a few of his recommendations um, for uh, managers in, in helping them um, you know, set a precedence for this is how we should conduct ourselves. 
So he says, one of them was, try not to disparage the work of others. You cannot make yourself look good by making others look bad. When poor workmanship on the part of fellow employees or company subs is encountered, the professional tries to remedy the problem without calling attention to the fact. If the remedy lies beyond his capability, the information is conveyed to the appropriate person within the company. Do you, uh, do you remember uh, who were some of the early... I mean, contributors and columns and... Um... Well, the two main columns was Marty King in Restoration Corners and Stephen Spivak, Technical Topics. They were both on staff. Stephen wrote for the, the, the carpet the upholstery clean, you know, carpet upholstery rug cleaners, and Marty wrote all the restoration. They were the first two columns in there forever. They, they were there on our staff for 30 to 40 years, but they were at least for 30, 25 to 30 years. Every month they were writing columns. There's that... Um, just some uh, a depth there of, of wisdom and insight and uh, it's exciting that uh, this is has been the legacy publication of the RIA it'll be fun to see what Michelle does so we're gonna talk with her a little bit about how that transpired how she took over peacefully <laughs> right I'm scared In regards to what Marty is talking about, we call those in the modern day soft skills because uh, we like to come up with terms for everything. But speaking of soft skills, our good friends at Blue Collar Nation Podcast, also MorningTechMeeting.com, the handsome and talented Larry Wilberton and Eric Sprague, sent me this nice little card after we had our podcast ellipse episode with um, Blue Collar Nation, Jarrett from 2020 Breakout Beard of the Year, uh, from GMS Podcast, and myself, the Diojo Podcast. Uh, so it's wonderful to have you guys today. This is going to be cool. We're going to have some fun. I didn't realize Jarrett oh, was yeah. here. You didn't think he was going to come? John's upset that Jarrett got invited. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of competition. Uh, you might want to listen to that. We uh, uh, edited portions of that ourselves and had some fun with it. But uh, let's get into the meat of what we're going to talk about with our guest, Michelle Blevins. And this is like a, a hybrid show because she not only took over CNR Magazine, but she took over our show. Are you going to take us over next in your hostile <laughs> reign of terror? started putting me on questions blast and so we had fun michelle's good people and um check out the magazine check out the podcast check out the ultimate warrior okay i'll talk a little bit about how uh, that all came to be uh when we get into our sponsor segment You, you you bought CNR magazine. You're a multimillionaire, rolling in the dough. Mm. That's exactly it. Yes, yes. It's just piling in. It's just letting you record without my permission. Well, I mean, a lot of things happen, uh, such as the hostile takeover of CNR magazine. We've got you on the spot, Michelle Blevins. <laughs> There's nowhere to run. Now, not just the publisher, editor, content creator, but the owner of C&R Magazine. Um, how many people did you have to kill? <laughs> Thankfully, no one. I uh, was very fortunate in that there are some people 
that uh, worked very kindly with me through this process. And right. I'm excited to be here. And they're, they're sworn to secrecy. That's right. We're well, not giving out any trade secrets here at all. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's super exciting. Obviously, um, uh, crazy new CNR, like you've mentioned, is a C, is the uh, a legacy publication of the RAA. So now you independently own it, run it. It's, it's not, it's the Michelle Blevins operation now, right? The regime, <laughs> a new regime, the Michelle Blevins new operation, the Michelle Blevins new vision, the Michelle Blevins. And so what's, uh, what was that like? Um, I know you've been in, in publishing and, and uh, you initially set out for journalism, right? So the trauma industry needed regulation yeah, because yeah. there's no pun intended. There's a lot of cowboys in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you see folks just, they, they, they take the check, they see the money being made and they, the money being made and they, the money being made and they, they take care of themselves rather than their business yeah. or what needs to be done. Yeah. You should photobomb. I did. <laughs> I almost stuck my face in there. Well, come on in, Miss Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Can we sit down? I'll just come say yes. hi. What are we talking about? We were talking about... What um, a great job you're doing here. How... how uh, I didn't do anything. And how behind the scenes... Michelle Blevin seems like a really nice person, but then when you really get to meet her, oh, we're talking about how you made Gordy cry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this kind of fulfills, you're actually working in your realm now. I am. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. I had a quick detour a few years ago and went into TV and that was miserable for about six years and knew I wanted to get back into print. And then that was gone for a year or so there and now it's yeah. back. And yeah. so we've been back and forth and, uh, it's exciting. And, you know, I don't consider it same with R and R. I don't consider it the Michelle Blevins show. I have always considered that I have these amazing platforms that yeah. can help educate the industry, you know? And so I don't consider myself an expert or a thought leader. I just feel fortunate to have relationships with people who are. And yeah. so then I can get content hopefully from them to then educate the industry from there through their knowledge. So two questions with that. Number one, uh, are you bringing print back? Yes, yes. The very first print issue is going to be out in September. So what is the, I know R&R &R moved away from it. Um, some of the other industry publications, well, big publications like Time and Newsweek and those. those so what, how's, where's that balance of, of losing money, making money is, uh, and, and um, but also you posted, um, I think it was yesterday, like 92% of younger people, was it 35 and under enjoy reading? 25 and under. 25. Go. Go away. Read some books. Is, is the magazine part of the free subscription or is that for sale or how does that work? No, it's, it's still free. And yeah, I found all of these statistics kind of when I was going through this and creating my media kit. And um, I felt really strongly even last year that um, there was really a place for print in this industry. Yeah. I think every industry is different, but yeah. I think in restoration, there truly is a place for print. And I think people get tired of so much screen time now. I yeah. think that even through the pandemic, that's something that's changing. It's yeah. like, I need to put my phone down. I need to shut my computer off. And then if you've got this print magazine, like I, I always heard stories of people reading it on the airplane or they were so excited when it showed up on their desk. Um, and then maybe it made it to a secretary's 
desk and then it was on the break room table and an article got put on the bulletin board and I always heard those stories and I loved those and just having that tangible print is awesome so yeah I found these statistics like you said the 95% of people under 25 read magazines 73% of adults prefer print on paper for reading 62% of readers take action after reading a print magazine, and 60% of readers spend at least 30 minutes reading a magazine. Wow. When they pick one up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also found Forbes did an article showing that um, publications and newspapers and whatever it may be that are going full digital, they are experiencing like steep, steep declines in engagement from their audience. Just, I think people are just digitally burned out. Even me, like I used to read um, articles on my Kindle or on my iPad. And now the last probably two years, I can't, I have no interest in reading it that way. I buy all of my books and I just, I want to touch it and read it and turn the pages. Yeah. I hear you there. I mean, maybe that's, you know, our generation, I think you're similar in age to me as far as like the X slash (laughs) millennial. Do you know what we're called? Geriatric millennials? we are <laughs> i always i always thought it was um uh i i like to i thought i turned i coined the phrase if anybody use it um bridge millennial right like you're that's much better you have values in x but you understand the millennials or have you know some of those attributes and not in but, but apparently now it's uh geriatric millennials or, yeah geriatric geriatric millennials so yeah. Great. So, well, I guess we're geriatric millennials together. That's obviously aged much better than I have. So, um, but um, yeah. So, um, okay. So I, I said two questions, the print magazine and then number two uh, print. Hmm. Do you remember what my second question was? I don't think you said the second question. I didn't. That's why I need your help. Um, <laughs> um, so I can tell you a little bit about the purpose of CNR now. So you were talking about that this is- Why don't you um, take over this show too, just like you did the main- I will. Yes, I will. I, yes. Well, we were doing this as a crossover, right? So, you know, one of the things that I was going to talk about in this is I, there, I am seeing more and more collaboration in the industry. I do think for a while people were kind of vying for their platforms, vying for their space. And now I am seeing a lot more, even like vendors and stuff at trade shows, more sharing booths and collaborating. I know a a few vendors that are doing that at the experience where they're sharing one big booth and bringing in their products and showing how they work together. And it's more of a cohesive strategy. And I'm seeing that kind of all together in different ways in the industry where it's not so yeah. divided. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lisa, Lisa Lavender does a really good job with her publication. And then Jarrett, like he took my stuff to experience in um, Charleston. That was super nice. And he has the uh, mobile booth. I think you said you're going to the experience in Vegas. So uh, he's partnering up with um, uh, Blue Collar Nation, Eric and Larry at Blue Collar Nation. And then we're talking about trying to do awesome. something similar at RAA in April, uh, where we, uh, it's, it'll be the Diojo podcast, Blue Collar Nation podcast, GMS podcast, Gordy's uh, Biocast. Obviously, now that you got your podcast, um, we'll have to, we're, well, you'll probably have your own friggin' booth. So, cause you're, no, you're a baller. No. Uh, yeah. I still don't remember my second question. You said you had some questions. I do have questions for you. Yes. So I have people ask me, who is John Isaacson? Where did he come from? What is his background in the industry? What does he do now? What's his day job? That was 10 questions. So let's start with 
John Isaacson, what is your day job? Tell us who you are. My name is John. John, from? Puyallup. show south south connection it is september what is september <laughs> september yep month of september we're raising new socks for local charities thank you very much the puop sumner chamber the office is a location where you can drop off socks we're down around town for the South, South South Connection. If people want more information, they can go to that. Uh, okay, that oh, we should have mentioned that. So we're really trying to win this year. Just keep bringing those socks because we got till the end of September. <laughs> what is, what, how are you starting? Yeah, we're rolling. So that's 10 questions from three people. <laughs> yes. Because three people are interested in who this John Eikenson guy is. Three questions from 10 people. Well, the thing you got to know about me Michelle is I'm a real straight shooter. Lies. Full <laughs> lies. Anybody um, who has ever seen that podcast knows that that's. <laughs> um, so day job, I, I'm in restoration. Um, I, I'm currently with a company called Aries Restoration, a startup in Graham, Washington. No one knows where that is. And um, but pretty much since 2017, that's kind of been my MO is go in and help a company either onboard insurance work or start or transition into that. And so I've done that with a few companies now. I do remote estimating a very little bit. I don't, uh, I'm not wanting to compete. That's not what I want to do. What I've found though, is if you have issues with estimating. <laughs> oh, nice um, push there. Mm. Uh, be intentional estimating, again, not a how-to on um, estimating, but more mindset and habits. But if you're having issues with estimating, you're having issues with production. And like we talked about many years ago when we started the intentional restore, I have no interest in doing, you know, only exactimate all the time. We're kicking off, kicking off, kicking off a series. Sessions. From all different angles. Exactimate. 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 No! Dang it! The Exactimate Sessions! Um, but it, it, it does, um, you know, it's it's a unique tool that a lot of people struggle with. So, so I write estimates, I project manage, I build teams, and uh, coach, and try to write mediocre books and put out a real crappy podcast. And uh, that's, that's, that's what it is. Okay, John. So what if somebody has problems with culture in their company, then what do you tell them? Uh, layup. Thanks. Yeah, um, no problem. Be intentional culture. You know, probably the best part of the book is the introduction by none other than Michelle Blevins. Yeah. She take over CNR magazine, take over this show. She took over our book. Um, be intentional culture. Uh, we mentioned Lisa Lavender. This was a collaborative effort. Um, trying not to, I think too often we make culture this weird thing and it really is just what you are. And yep. so people sharing um, things that have helped them and failures that have taught them lessons about, you know, bringing things into alignment. So we want to talk about be intentional culture, culture, culture. In the be intentional culture, 
bug hug moment. We got the hugger in the house. That's awesome. <laughs> we got the hugger in the house. Here's your hug, hug book. Uh, oh, there we go. Getting all techy. You gotta do this. Getting all techy. Gotta hug the book. We got the hugger in the house. Book hug moment. There you go. So it is what it is. Getting all techy. No. So it is what it is. No. Okay, so you've created this brand, the Intentional Restorer, the Dojo podcast. You've created this brand. So what is your vision from here? You've really made some good relationships in the industry. You had a lot before, but you've really made inroads with some groups. Bravo to you. So yeah. what is your, um, what are your future goals from here? Where's it going from here? I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm not necessarily a goal-driven person. Um, so like last year, um, I, I really wanted to start diving into restoration history and try to bridge that, right? Modern restores. I'm not I'm not so young that I, I fit in everywhere and I'm not so old that, uh, you know, or whatever, whatever I'm trying to say there. I'm not young and I'm not old, right? I'm about 20 years in. So um, some people that's a lot and to other people are, you're just getting started. And, um, and so I wanted to reach out and capture some of those historical pieces. If anybody hasn't listened to IEQ Radio, you wrote an excellent article in Restoration and Remediation Magazine that really sparked and set me off on a path of tr tracking certain people down. And, um, and so that was my last year. I was really looking forward to going to um, RIA's uh, conference in Louisiana um, for the purpose of meeting with a few people and talking about history. So with Diojo podcast, we've been able to do that. There's still some of those guys that, um, really were pivotal, pivotal, pivotal Good. <laughs> in, 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 in developing the industry like Claude Blackburn and Cliff Slotin yep. and Pete Consigli. Um, you know, just, the, you mentioned John Downey, you know, kind of, you know, tracing the history and, and those kinds of things. So, you may or may not have seen in R and R and CNR and on our socials that we are releasing a book three. This one is going to be about project management. So you want to be a project manager. The uh, focus of this is for new project managers, uh, aspiring restoration professionals that want to develop their careers into project manager management maybe project managers that are in the role and feeling like they didn't get a lot of preparation or a lot of help um, and training managers that are trying to develop more of a consistent system for their project managers. So this will not be a how-to on project management, but more as we typically do mindset and habits to help you uh, thrive. So check that out. Uh, thediojo.com forward slash book three. We actually right now are looking for feedback from new project managers. If you've been in the role a year or less, uh, we want to get, uh, there's about 10 people that we're going to send some advanced copies to, to get some feedback and also deals. We're wheeling and dealing book three. So you want to be a project manager. Um, vision wise, our goal at the Ojo podcast is just to help people shorten their dang learning curve. You know, so like you said, like create a platform for people um, that have something uh, good and valuable to say and extract that. So I love the history part of the industry too. Yeah, I, yeah. 
Pete is a wealth of knowledge. He's working on um, an article on Major Long. So um, that is hopefully coming along. And so I'm looking forward to sharing that. And I'm hoping to yeah talk to both Pete and Cliff some about the history of CNR. I'm not entirely sure how long it's been around. Okay. I guess the mid-60s. Okay. Um, Pete also said something in an email about a past president being a keynote at an RIA convention, like in the mid-60s, oh, yeah. like 65 or something like that. So that's something else I have to dig into. And I know that... Jeez. Um, there are archive issues of CNR going hopefully back many, many years in a warehouse or a storage facility yes. or somewhere. So I'm hoping to get my hands on those and, you know, maybe over time be able to turn those into yeah. electronic versions that people can see. I have archives going back to 2015 now, but I'm hoping that it'll go a lot further over time and that I can put the history together because, you know, you and I were talking offline um, at the beginning of this. And I want people to know that even though I own the publication now, I'm not trying to take away RA's legacy and yeah, background yeah. here. Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> Honor that. Yeah. Well, and, and please, if, if you find interesting nuggets of history and want somebody to dig in and help you write something, please let me know. So um, that would be Thank fun. You. Because it's funny, uh, CNR, Clean Facts, um, and even R&R, sometimes you start digging and there's links to things that are now archived or you can't get a hold of. So, you know, I've reached out to you and to Jeff and, and um, the prior management company for CNR. And so it's interesting when you hit something and you're like, oh, I got to dig a little deeper, you know, so. Yeah. I brought a friend with me today. Why is there a life-size Ultimate Warrior cutout in the background, you may ask? James Helwig, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, there's one example. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior will come up from time to time. Or... Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because of the good people at SFY. Solutions for you. Solutions for you. Solutions for you. Yep. So you've solved Xactimate. Yes. You out your third-party Xactimating. Yep. Estimating. Solutions for you. I met them at the RIA conference and won a gift card, which I wisely used for this purchase. I brought a friend with me today and now you're about to hear from them from greg from sfy two things number one how they can help you solve your third party remote estimating uh needs solutions for you solutions for you solutions for you and also what the heck are people mining when they're mining online for these cryptocurrencies? So, uh, thanks to them for being a sponsor of the Neo Podcast. Let's try this out. So, you gotta come to RIA because not only do you meet solutions for you, there's solutions for you, there's solutions for you, there's solutions for you. So you've solved Xactimate. Yes. You out your third party exactimating, yes. estimating. Yeah, this other mining thing. What yeah. the heck is it? No one yeah. ever no one has a clue what it does. Right. <laughs> so you're mining right. on the internet 
for some imaginary something or yeah, other. Uh, what the uh, hell are you mining? <laughs> right, a digital currency. Okay. Right? So everyone says mining. I think the best approach is to think of it as solving math problems because most people understand that. Because that sounds better. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> most people understand it because when you say the word mining, everyone thinks of mining gold, mining like coal or something like that. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It's great. Okay, so your solutions for you. Just solutions for you. Just solutions for you. Yep. You've solved Xactimate. Yes. You out your third party Xactimating, yep. estimating. And then personally, because you don't have anything else to do, right. you're solving math problems yep. for for Ethereum. Ethereum. Yes. But it's, your computers are so what 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 math problems are you solving? Now so it solves blockchain basically you're solving an equation to get to the solution of a blockchain so you're unlocking the end of yeah the yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of okay. like linking okay. linking logs right now just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but it, the more the more that you solve uh the pro, uh, the math problems and typically you mine it together in a big pool okay because it takes you know thousands of computers to find this answer this solution okay to this and so when you mine together a pool you have a better luck but you and know they pay you to do this or? yeah Oh. Yeah, so you get paid in the coin that you're you're solving the math problem. Do you have to write your own algorithm to solve these math problems, or you just have to have the data bandwidth? To no, you just mostly the electricity and the capital to buy the equipment. That's <laughs> <laughs> really what it comes down to. Uh, you have to call your electrician to come wire because I've been popping fuses left and right at the house. Wow. Do you meet solutions for you? There's solutions for you. There's solutions for you. There's solutions for you. Yep. So you've solved. Xactimate. Yes. You out your third party Xactimating, yep. estimating. Yes. We now answered yes. the problem of, of what of the hell they're mining. The, yeah, this other mining thing. What yeah. the heck is it? Right? No okay. one ever no one has a clue what it does, right? Okay. Yeah. You do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You, you there, don't know there, what the consequences are. I right? know the concept, I know how to make money. Many other people are much better at this than I am. <laughs>
it's amazing to me how many experts there are in the industry because you constantly have new people. Jared constantly has new yeah. people. Everybody who has a podcast constantly has these new amazing people. And we all have kind of these different groups that we're pulling from. So there's constantly just new information coming from every angle. And that's awesome. Um, how many people did you have to kill? <laughs> that was my second question is I the noise, right? Like there's uh, so much access to information nowadays, um, you know, and anybody can publish anything. So information is democratized, which is very good. Like, you know, there's no barriers, but at the same time that can make it very difficult for somebody, especially somebody new who doesn't know yet how to discern, you know, who is or isn't a credible source. <laughs> there's nowhere to run. Where, do you think journalism has a role in, um, I guess, even for you at CNR, like how do you, um, maybe that puts you on the spot, but say an article comes across, there's a difference between it being controversial information and like uh, potentially harmful information. Um, is, is there, what, what do you do with that? That's a really good question. And this is something that I've waded through actually with the RIA throughout this purchase process. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot over the last six years, I think of finding that space between what's an ad and yeah. what's educational. Not finished yet, don't be kidding. There's more. Come on with me. Yeah, looking good. That's the Black Dojo Podcast Mixtape T-shirt. Is that new? Oh yeah, you are looking dapper in the red Be Intentional Diojo Podcast t-shirt. Diojo Podcast t-shirt. Diojo Podcast t-shirt. And then, you know, there's just, okay. So one of the things that I am finding valuable already about CNR being independent from a publishing company or an association is yeah. it gives me more freedom to make what I think is the ethically right decision in things. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not... I don't have to publish something if I think an advertiser is off on it. In in the past, I would question when I could what yeah. was coming, but I also didn't see everything that was coming. And um, and I know that some things have happened in the past that people were unhappy about, and there was misinformation that got out there. Oh, I am so irritated. I don't know what in the hell's going on. So. With CNR, I have some people who have committed to being kind of on an editorial advisory committee. So if I get more te technical stuff that's above my head, which a lot of it is, yeah. um, I have people who can vet that for me. And I've also decided, you know, in the past I've done roundtable round discussions yeah. and often that does come from vendors, but I've decided that moving forward, anytime I do those, I'm also going to have like an IICRC instructor or something like that also have their viewpoint in there. Yeah. Um, I've used those articles in the past to help restorers make an educated decision based on what they're hearing kind of the vendors say. I think that this industry is really small and there are a lot of vendors in this industry who are truly experts on their um, on their technology. And there are a lot of people who have literally invented the technology yep. Yep. that they're selling, you know, so I don't, I do not believe that vendors should not be allowed to write. I believe that vendors should be able to establish themselves as thought leaders so long as what they are creating is true and accurate. And so that's why I've put checks into place to make sure that 
you know, it's, it's vetted and it's correct. And, you know, I don't have my IICRC certifications or anything like that. Maybe that will come someday. I would love to, you know, go through that and learn more. Yeah. I'm just not there yet. So I have promised myself that I will be very clear as well um, about advertorial things. Sure. So it's going to be clearly labeled. If there's something within CNR that, yes, it's yeah. going to be labeled that way. It's going to be very clear um, that it's native advertising or whatever that may be. Yeah. So I'm hoping to really just find a better middle ethical ground on all of this so that I can get as much education out there as possible and just make it clear and yeah. credible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've read John's books and you can find those at any discount bookstore all over. <laughs> the author of Be Intentional Culture, Be Intentional Estimating. He's They're real popular in Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, it's a very good book. I've read it as well. The Intentional Estimator, which I've gifted a couple times as well to help new guys in the business. And it's very helpful. Well, it's funny too, because that's one uh, one thing about history is, um, and even some of the big hitters, uh, we kind of think like, well, they're from that era. They probably all got along and that's not the case. You know, mm -hmm. there any, you know I, I, I did ask Pete if there was any, you know, that went to blows and and he said uh, to the best of his knowledge no you know but definitely people got heated and mm -hmm. um, and didn't agree and maybe still don't agree on certain things but that's the you mentioned collaboration collaboration doesn't mean we just all fall in line but at some point you know you you have an agreement about well whether it's agree to disagree or you know I'm going to continue to have my opinion you have your opinion but on you know, as far as where we take the industry and coming together, um, I think that's, you know, I think, I think that's important, you know, especially um, sometimes you don't always really see that, you know, you can be a social media warrior. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Where, you know, on your keyboard, you're, you're, you know, going hard at somebody and you meet them in person and, and maybe it's a lot different, right? Or maybe there's a reason they feel so strongly about, you know, this or that. And so, so are you, um, now that you have all this money and all this power and prestige, anybody else you're, you're taking over and, um, your next because acquisitions are popular in the industry now, um, who, you know, you're just going to start gobbling up, um, other publications and launching into other industries and. <laughs> Hostile reign of terror. I love it. I have zero intention of doing that as of right now. We'll see. I have a lot of work ahead of me as it is. You know, um, CNR is a great publication, but I, you know, it's, there's been a lot of work to do creating a website and the social media pages and yeah. um, getting a printer and, you know, a, an art director behind the scenes to do all the layouts and the graphic design. And yeah. I've been fortunate to have some really solid industry partners that have really, really helped behind the scenes. I'm really thankful for that. Um, I'll be talking more about who those people are in, you know, coming weeks and stuff like that. But um, I certainly did not go this alone. I've had a lot of help. Yeah. Um, so I'm super thankful for that. And so far, just in the last two weeks, the industry has been so kind. Everybody that I've reached out to has just been yeah. very supportive and open to conversations and all of that. I'm, I'm super thankful for that. So yeah, I hope yeah. it's just moving up from here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sweet. Well, thank you, Michelle. And uh, we will talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks, John.
is the global watchdog here, Pete and Sigley, on the road with the Diojo podcast and John Isaacson, the original intentional restorer. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a hand when it comes in. I'm like a natural artist. I don't even need any props. So I enjoyed reading the estimating book. It, it brought me back. So uh, did I hear you right that uh, next to the Bible, uh, John's Be Intentional Estimating is the book of choice for Nick? sharp yes that's exactly <laughs> what you heard put that out loud and proud <laughs> this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard